Hey, Tom, you ready to record current Geek Chronicles? Ah, uh, yeah, sure, Scott. What's the matter, Tom? That's nothing. I, I just had a package stolen off my porch. Don't you have a camera on your front porch? Yeah, but it didn't get a face. Tom, let me see what I can do with my graphical expertise. Okay, let me see what I can do with this. Let me enhance sector 41 by 12. And now let's run a bitmap domain filter and let's try an inverted Gaussian transformation to clean it up. Okay, it's processing. Wait, Scott, did you just do what I think you did? Yeah, that's right. Zoom, Zoom and enhance! Okay, it just finished processing and it's just a bunch of pixels. I can't see anything. Yeah, I just clicked the magnifying glass in Photoshop till it stopped doing anything. Well, looks like that case may never be cracked. Well, one case we wanted to get into in this episode of Current Geek Chronicles was about this idea of zoom and enhance. It seems like pretty much any crime show you turn on, even when it's relatively grounded in reality in every other way, goes to pure science fiction when it comes to being able to zoom in on stuff. And that probably has to do with the fact that the jumping off point for a lot of people's idea of zoom and enhance comes from science fiction. Probably the most well-known example comes from Blade Runner in 1982. But Blade Runner became the thing people thought of most when they thought about using a computer to zoom in on a crucial but minuscule piece of information. Now, while Blade Runner's clacky computer might be the first digital representation of this, the earliest example we could find predates it by 34 years and takes a decidedly analog approach. The film called Northside 777, which tells you that it was back in the day because phone numbers were still things like Northside 777, might not have the same pop culture cachet as Blade Runner, but in it, Jimmy Stewart has a problem. He's trying to prove the date that a photo was taken and notices way in the background a kid selling a newspaper. But Scott, being that far away, the date on the newspaper would be tiny. They would need to... Zoom, zoom and enhance! enhance! the negative 140 times, and then somehow through the use of a mimeograph, they're able to create a print that clearly shows the date on the newspaper to be December 22nd. Which one's the mail? Yeah, right here. There are a couple of prints that came in a while ago from Kelly of the Chicago Times. This one's blown up 100 times. This one, 140. He said you'd understand. Okay, thanks very much. Excuse me. Ask him if they're ready. Springfield, are you ready for this picture? We're ready. Okay, here's the final lineup. Okay. All ready, Mr. McNeil. Uh, gentlemen, let me explain to you what's happening here. As you remember, this is the picture I showed you before. You know, and this is the area we're working on here, the newsboard. All right, now this print is that area enlarged 100 times. And this print is that same area enlarged 140 times. Now the picture coming in now is this area right in here blown up as big as possible. Well, what do you expect to find in the enlargement? The date on the newspaper held on the newsboy's hand. Is that possible? Uh, frankly, I don't know, sir. It depends on a whole lot of condition of the dupe negative, the density of the print. I've been doing a little praying, too. That's it, Mr. McNeil. How long will this take? Oh, it's a positive print. Shouldn't take long. You can come along with me if you want. Remember, this is the area I showed you. There, it's beginning to come through. Now, what's the date? What's the date? December. There it is. December 22nd. 22nd of December. There it is. 
crazy thing is, it has all the hallmarks of something you'd see on, I don't know, CSI. An outlandishly small area to enhance, a dubious understanding of technology, and perfectly clear results at the end of it. The scene could be a template for this trope. What's interesting when you look at either of these two examples is the origins of Zoom and Enhance, because it depends on how you look at it, either one of them could be. They're not inherently ridiculous as later examples become, especially for Blade Runner. Blade Runner exists in a science fiction universe where there are flying cars and giant holographic commercials. Yeah, it seems in a world of indistinguishable human replicants, the idea that you could have a high-resolution image file that contained 3D information isn't all that far-fetched. Yeah, if anything, it would look better than it looked in the 1982 movie, right? Uh, and even for Call Northside 777, film negatives can hold a lot of detail. In the case of medium format film, which was common at the time, you had resolutions that were the equivalent of hundreds of megapixels in terms of zoomable details. And the way it's presented in the movie may be a little far-fetched, but the tech was there to support it. So why does Zoom and Enhance go so far off the rails in the 2000s when we get stuff like this? Hold it. Run that back. Wait a minute. Go right. There, reset. Full screen. Okay, reset. Tighten up on that way. Vector in on that guy by the back wheel. Zoom in right here on this spot. With the right equipment, the image can be enlarged and sharpened. What's that? It's an enhancement program. Can you clear that up any? I don't know. Let's enhance it. Enhance section A6. Enhance the detail and... There's enough to enhance, release it to my screen. Enhance the reflection in her eye. Let's run this through video enhancement. Edgar, can you enhance this? Hang on. I've been working on this reflection. Someone's reflection. Reflection. There's a reflection of the man's face. A reflection. There's a reflection. Zoom in on the mirror. You can see a reflection. Can you enhance the image from here? Can you enhance it right here? Can you enhance it? Can you enhance it? Can we enhance this? Can you enhance it? Hold on a second, I'll enhance. Zoom in on the door. Times 10. Zoom. Move in. Wait, stop. Stop. Pause it. Rotate a 75 degrees around the vertical, please. Stop. And go back to the part about the door again. Got an image enhancer that can bitmap? Maybe we can use the pretty send method to see into the windows. The software is state of the art. The eigenvalue is off. With the right combination of algorithms. He's taken elimination algorithms to the next level, and I can use them to enhance this photograph. Lock on and enlarge the z-axis. Enhance. Enhance. Freeze and enhance. I think some of it just comes down to people who were influenced by Blade Runner and want to show their protagonists doing something cool with computers to solve a crime. And part of it also comes down to where we've been with general computing for the last few decades. I mean, keep in mind, especially in the early 2000s, computers and phones were becoming more and more powerful year over year. I think TV writers got used to counting on computers just becoming more powerful every year. What you have to remember is that while the increase in computer power affected the capabilities of digital sensors, adding megapixels, dynamic range, color reproduction, etc., a lot of what goes into capturing an image comes down to the physics of light, and that doesn't scale. It just is what it is, and a digital sensor at its most simple level is capturing ones and zeros, so information is either there or it isn't. Saying you're going to zoom and enhance doesn't change the fact that a lot of the time the sensor just doesn't have any information to enhance in the first place. One of the things that comes up in a lot of zoom and enhance moments is somebody telling a geek tech to apply an algorithm. Just throw some math at it. You pull up a Concordia bitmap algorithm and just apply it to the horizontal pixels and want to see what that looks like. Hold on. Enhance. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Zoomify. More. 
Right there. Our door. Great. And hand 75. Hey guys, I got a reflection here. Enhance. Execute a vector graph. I am, I am. Bingo. Zoom and pan. Okay. Wait for it. Stop, right there. Spin it up, 716. I'm on it. Rotate. De-rotate. Nice, Pull it up. Lay up the alpha channel. Okay. algorithm. Wait a second, bitch. You've been coding a bit nine candelabra VEX filter. Is it ready? It's not fully coded. I don't know how the pixel on Apply it. it. It's okay. And bit nine candelabra. And execute. And lift. Gitch, adicosalar hair analysis. Enhance. Okay, apply jazz rhythm. Applying. Frisbee. Run transcode 99, big pimpin'. About 10 steps ahead of you, boss. Apply cradle oppy scan now. Got it. Nice. What the hell is this? Let's put a reduction filter on that, please. Of course, there are ways to upscale images. Just go into Microsoft Paint and you can set whatever resolution to an image you want. But these approaches are using the existing pixel information and duplicating them. They do use algorithms to guess at missing information and some are more effective than others. But in the end, when you zoom into one of these upscaled images, it's still kind of a pixelated mess. Yeah, uh, there are approaches like the nearest neighbor algorithm. Uh, that one copies the color of the closest neighboring pixel. Uh, that's the one that creates that classic blocky effect when you're upscaling an image. And there are more sophisticated approaches like bilinear and Lanxos that use weighted averages of pixel groups to guess at the next pixels for a larger image. But it still creates blur when you zoom in. But there may be a chance that zoom and enhance won't be science fiction for too much longer. Just because optics don't scale, it doesn't mean people aren't looking at technological solutions to solve this problem. The whole field of computer vision is a huge area of tech investment. Now, not all of this is dedicated to zooming and enhancing, but a lot of it is. At the 2018 Conference on Computer Vision and Pattern Recognition, the main challenge they posed to invitees was working on something called super resolution. And the eventual winner came from Honeywell. Their winning submission was titled Image Enhancement to Facilitate Manual Inspection. So basically zoom and inspect. Yeah, pretty much. We've seen steps for this kind of super resolution on the consumer level as well. These approaches are actually based on machine learning, where models are trained looking at high resolution images compared to lower resolution ones, essentially learning the probability of how a given pixel is likely to scale when you increase the image resolution. This isn't science fair stuff. Pixelmator and Gigapixel AI both offer this as a dedicated product. The intent here isn't really to do zoom and enhance, though. Mostly it's just to help print and publish larger images, but it's about as close to really enhancing an image as we've got right now. Yeah, it's impressive what we actually can do with image manipulation, uh, but it's, sometimes it's hard to appreciate that given how ridiculous zoom and enhances used in media. Yeah, I mean, there was this one episode of Freaking CSI where Gary Sinise saw a dude's image off a reflection of somebody else's cornea. I mean, give me a break. The shadow isn't hers. Someone else went by. Ophelia saw the killer. She just didn't know she did. The cornea is shaped roughly like this, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm here and you're in my blind spot, your image should still reflect off my cornea. Corneal imaging. 
Let's magnify it, see if we can get a reflection off her eye. Okay, magnification times 100 for starters. Good, good. Reverse the image. That's the best reflection of what she was seeing that we've got. What's that there? Looks like a guy in a t-shirt. Resolution isn't very good. Yes, it is. Um, actually, Scott, are, are you a reader of the international peer-reviewed open access online science publication PLOS One? No, I don't think I have that in my RSS feed, Tom. Well, because in 2013, they published a paper by researchers Rob Jenkins and Christy Kerr titled Identifiable Images of Bystanders Extracted from Corneal Reflections. And they proved it was all total bunk, right? Not quite. Using a 40-megapixel camera, they were able to pull images of individuals standing nearby from corneal reflections. And while they were low-quality images, tests found that up to 84% of observers could recognize the subject. Wait a minute. So Gary Sinise was right? I mean, the writers couldn't have known that was possible at the time. Let's just say there's now a theoretical basis for it not to be false. Maybe in a few years, we'll all be laughing at how everybody laughed at how unrealistic Zoom and Enhance is today. <laughs> Maybe, Scott. But for right now, I need to jump on a video support call to report that stolen package. By the way, can I ask what got stolen? Sad thing is, it wasn't even for me. My friend Jenny Josephson was going to be out of town and had a pair of jeans delivered to my place. So I guess after this podcast, you're going to Zoom and Jen's pants. <laughs> Scott, don't be ridiculous. Sport calls on WebEx. Chronicles. Grunky Chronicles is produced by Hammond Chamberlain and me, Rich Trafalino. Executive produced and hosted by Scott Johnson and Tom Merritt. Our theme music is by Eric Van Skyhawk. Get more of his songs on Apple Music and Spotify under the name Skyhawk. Part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. <laughs>